We're back for another episode of Big Blue Kickoff Live right here on Giants.com. John Schmelk, Howard Cross. The phone number for you is 201-939-4513. Hashtag Giants Chat on Twitter if you want to get in touch with us that way. The Giants getting ready for their first preseason game of the 2018 season, taking on the Cleveland Browns at MetLife Stadium on Thursday night. Howard, hello. Good morning. <laughs> it's, it's afternoon, Good John. afternoon. It's afternoon, John. Okay. How you doing, John? I'm doing well. Um... A couple things I want to get to you before I get to you with you before we get to the calls. Uh, number one, what's the most important thing? Is that old school Howard Cross picture you got right there for me? Alabama. It's Alabama. Very good. I want you to retweet that. <laughs> um, talk a little bit about what the most important things you look for as a former player, not even position-wise, player-wise from the Giants, but just from quality of football overall. What are you watching for for a player's first preseason game of the year? You know, it depends on the player and what's going on. First off, you like to see some some positive plays from an offensive line standpoint. You you like to see them run the ball. Uh, I know they want to see some of the quarterback web, but you like to see them run the ball. I don't care who the running back is in the game, whether Saquon or or any any of the other holster backs they have. I want to see some positive plays run the ball. Uh, that that shows the offensive line's kind of clicking together. That shows that you're moving forward. That shows your aggression. Um, it keeps you from being on your heels, that's perfect. I'd like to see them complete a pass over 10 yards, yep. a couple. Mm -hmm. And it, that just shows that you got a little timing going, and it shows also that you have uh, – your receivers are on point making breaks and stuff. Not You don't you can throw it deep if you want to, but just a couple plays over 10 yards just to see if you can one, two, three – one, two, three, four, five, pop. Dip, and it, and dip, just, yeah. dip it in between the linebackers yeah. and safety. Just, just get it in there, let's, right? Let's get it going. And then from a from a defensive standpoint, I'd like to see uh, uh, one, two, maybe even three, three and outs. You'd like to see them be collective, make decisions quick, uh, you know, no yards on first down, put them in a second and long, try to keep them in third and long, get, then get off the field. And and no bust, right? I mean, I think yeah. that goes to communication, right? To yeah. make sure these guys are all on the same page. Yeah, but you can. But if you see them do the three and outs, mm -hmm. and you know the team didn't just the quarterback just didn't throw it into the stand or something, you want to see them literally be in position, fill all the gaps in the run, be in position in the pass game so there's no run after catch or the ball's being knocked down, and you can get them off the field quickly so that you can go back, regroup, and get ready for him again. Now, you'll see the James Betcher interview I did on the TV show on MSG tonight. Howard's on yep. it as well. And he talked about tackling. Um, back in your day when you were in training camp, back during the uh, Nixon administration, um, <laughs> we had you guys did tackle in, in training camp, right? Yeah, yeah. They don't do that anymore. That's not allowed. It's taboo. You're not even supposed to go to the ground. Yeah. So how do these guys go from not tackling for the last eight months pretty much? You guys haven't tackled since last December. Some of them weren't tackling them. Yeah, well, <laughs> they were trying to, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> how um, do they turn, flip the switch here, and, and, and how do they just you know start doing it, especially with some of the new rules that they have to deal uh, with? I was about to say it's even harder this year with the rules. If you think about it, you know, getting your head out of the plate, that goes back to they're going basically into a rugby style of football. Mm -hmm. You know, you got them pass, which is, is closer to rugby bringing guys down, trying Ex to make sure me all favorite. the guys. Explain what that means, a rugby style of tackling. Rug rugby's played without helmets. So when the ball carrier is running, a guy can hit him at full speed, but he puts his head across his body or outside his body and twists him down to the ground. Where football players have gotten used to head, head on the face on the ball and trying to knock the ball out with your face mask and making a tackle to go to the ground. So basically it's head up but head to the side of the yeah, body the, the, and then you wrap the helmet, it. The helmet's been like right this. Okay. So now what they've done is they've, they've taken that element out. They want you to like chest up to each other. 
which is going to be hard. Yeah, you want your head up. You your, want your, your head, head up. It, it's great, but you can't chest up. Correct. So it's going to be interesting. If backs have have figured it out, there's going to be a lot more. You're going to see a lot more for you fantasy guys. You're going to see a lot longer runs. Of course, the backs can't lower their heads either, though, yeah, right? Yeah, but, but you're going to see a lot longer runs. Think about it. He comes through the hole. He's one-on-one -on -one with a guy, and a guy can't deliver. He can't drop down to hit and lift. Mm -hmm. So now he's got to kind of like come in like this and try to wrap. So You don't have that four momentum if you have your chest on, up, right? Hand on a helmet. Right. <laughs> keep going. Right. So there's going to be a lot of this. So they, they don't know what they've done. They've tried to figure it out. They, they're trying to you know, legislate it, but – that's what I'm looking for. How long is it going to be ugly? It's going to be ugly for a while. It's going it's going to depend if it's if it's like the uh, five yard rule in the past. Like you, you can't touch calves out of five five yards. Where oh great play downfield or oh you know the ball was dropped. Oh pass interference or illegal touching after five yards. Yep. That's a rule that kind of comes into play constantly, constantly, and, and you know, as fans, which, which, by the way, is a point of emphasis again this year. Yeah. They're going to try to call more of those. Yeah, because as fans and everything else, you know, I think whatever sport it is, whether it's baseball, whether it's soccer, hockey, basketball, whatever, we like to see more points. One thing we talked about on the show tonight at MSG, which I thought was interesting, and I, I love watching your reaction to it, and I want to get a little further into it because you don't have enough time on TV to kind of yep. get into the weeds on this stuff. So I want to get into the weeds a little bit here. You know, most 3-4 defenses, and traditionally when the Giants played the 3-4 and you were here, it's a two-gap system. For the fans that don't understand what that means, it's the job of the defensive lineman to occupy offensive linemen, right? Basically hold your ground, let the linebackers run and make plays. You're not being asked to penetrate. You're responsible for two gaps instead of one up front. Do I have the basics of that correct? Kind of. What happens is you hit the guy, the guy head on, you hold your ground, and then if a play comes this way, Gap. Call the play comes to the other gap. Gap. That's your, job, your job is to hold your ground, though, not try to get them. Yeah, field and you're trying to take right. care of each gap to Correct. make sure that there, if somebody's coming through the hole, you've got your hand on him before he goes right. through the hole, and he has to fight through your arm tackle so before someone else hits him. Now, traditionally, that's what most 3-4 defenses are. James Betcher works things a little bit differently. He runs his 3-4 defense. Again, this is just base. Once you get into sub-packages, everything mm -hmm. is the same anyway. Mm -hmm. But for the 40% they're in you know, base defense, 3-4, 35%, whatever. What does that mean for a defense? If you're running a 3-4, which obviously you have the three down defensive line, I mean, your two outside linebackers also up on the line of scrimmage, mm -hmm. and then your two guys behind in the middle. What does that mean for that to be a one-gap system, which is something a little bit different? Well, what it means for for a fan that's watching, there are five offensive linemen and four defensive linemen and a 4-3, which lends the opportunity for two of the linemen to double-team a guy at a point of emphasis right. mm -hmm. and slide up to a linebacker to you, you shield one guy, you double-team a guy, and you make your way up to the line. And, folks, you'll see this with the combo blocks. Basically, yeah. let's say uh, – Guard tackle, guard center. The guard will go on a tackle. The center will chip that player to help mm -hmm. and then try to get up to yeah, the second or, level. Or, or more more usually like the D tackles right here. Right. The line, the middle backer's right there. The guard steps down, puts his hand on him, pushes him on top of the center so the center can definitely have him. When the middle backer steps up, the, the guard is able to flow up to him. Right. So now you have a natural gap in your defense that you've created because – the tight end's trying to cut off the, the outside backer, or the tight end and the tackle are doing the same thing to the defensive end and the linebacker. And then you would run into that gap that you got run into created. The gap just right. created, mm -hmm. and that's easy. When you take a five-three defense and you put those guys basically in every gap, now the five linemen 
have a responsibility to. And you're counting those two outside linebackers as virtual yeah. linemen. Yeah, right? you're, you're basically counting them as linemen instead of like, you know, three down linemen and four linebackers. You're just basically counting them as five linemen up front. Right. Mm-hmm. So now you got a, a, a lineman, four linemen all the way across the board. That eliminates the two. That eliminates the double team going up. It eliminates the chipping and going up. So now the two guys in the middle, which would be the Mike and the Will, or the Mike and the Jack, and the inside of on a three on a three four D on a four three D on three four defense, uh, four three defense. Yeah, three four defense. Three, yeah, yeah, right. Three four. So the three that these the the four the two linebackers in the middle now have more free reign. And that would be Alec Ogletree and B.J. Goodson for the Jets. Yes. So that means that they become dual middle backers and they get to play. Play the run. They, their responsibility in the pass is it, it. It literally easiest makes it easier for them in the pass game because now you're not really able. The tight end is not really able just to free release because he's got to deal with that guy on the edge just coming off the off the ball. The the safety can see the tight end. It's it's not okay. You're responsible for that for that that tight end. Now you're the two of you are basically watching the back come out of the backfield. Most teams in the NFL they don't have a fullback. Nope. So now you got two guys got their eyes right here on this guy, or he's watching the 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 full the tight end who slid out into the wing or to the slot position. So it makes it it's an easier picture for them to see. Okay, so what are the disadvantages to playing a one gap system out of a three four? Otherwise, obviously everyone would do it, right? If 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 it fixed everything, then every team would run it that way. Well, the. I don't know if there's a disadvantage, but if I were if I were coaching against it, and I, it depends on the tight ends that I have and, okay. and, and what size they are. If you mm-hmm. got a, if you have a real blocking tight end, then I got a gap for a gap, and I I don't just necessarily take guys on like in a one on one situation. I turn an angle and cut guys off. And that'll be a lot of those outside zone yes, runs you, when you're you running. You have that a lot day, of right? outside. You don't get to pull now. Now you can't pull the guard anymore. Correct. The tight end actually has to block, mm-hmm. and I'd run a fullback. A cleanup guy, so when whatever guy's kind of slipping off, you bump that guy, create a hole, and it's gone. So you can do that. It, and when you and you have to remember when you're playing five guys in the gap, that means they got to slide inside on one direction. They have to make a declaration somewhere in the game. If they're if they're playing head up, five head up, then there's got to be somebody playing wide enough to cover the tight end on the outside. So there's a gap, a natural gap created between the tight end and the tackle, or the tackle and the guard. So you might have a chance for maybe a couple more big gaps or plays yeah. if the offense goes to the gap that the defense is yeah, attacking. Yeah, so you could basically block out, block out, and then th- there, you know, there's a linebacker that's full from the hole. Uh, if you send someone through the hole that actually can get around and get in there. Then look out. Yeah, because, again, you gotta, you, you'll you have the center covered and you'll have the outside you have the outside guard, outside guard, or maybe possibly tackle, tackle, and there's a gap in there somewhere. So you, you have gaps that you can play in. And if you can do it correctly, just, you know, that guy on the backside is going to have to make a lot of plays. Yeah, so it seems to me the way you're talking, then there's going to be a lot of responsibility uh, to be where they're supposed to be and to make proper sound tackles on Goodson and Ogletree, right? Well, is it's, it, it, it's going to be a picket fence. Before you get to the linebackers, right. everybody has to be in their gap. If, if someone gets nudged out of their gap a little bit, the linebackers are going to have a hard time getting to the tackle and making the play. Fair enough. All right, folks, 201-939-4513. If you like line play, you must have loved the last six minutes. That was great. (laughs) All right, let's take some calls again, 201-939-4513. I'll monitor Twitter as well at hashtag GiantsChat. Eric in Connecticut will lead us off. Hey, Eric, how are you, buddy? Uh, Looks like we lost Eric. No worries, Eric, give us a call back. We will uh, put you right back on. Let's go to Duke in Queens. He'll join us next. Hey, Duke. Johnny, what's up, man? Hey, Duke, what's going on, pal? 
Mr. Cross, thank you for all you've done. No Dying problem. For life. I'm glad I could be uh, there. Of course. Uh, John, I wanted you to – I had a few questions, but I wanted you to talk about um, what you think about um, uh, the, the quarterback situation. Like, for Eli, let's say he gets to the playoffs and then we lose. Uh, do you see him, like, maybe lasting a year until we go to Davis Webb? Or or what? Like, uh, and, and if we go to Davis Webb afterwards, let's say that happens, and we and we decide to go to Davis Webb, like, what do you think he'll have to do in order to stay the quarterback? If he if he does become the quarterback, boy, there are a lot of ifs in that question right of, there. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> um, you know what? Here's how I look at it, Duke. Yeah. If Eli Manning plays good football, right? And Eli Manning gets the Giants to the playoffs, and they play a really tight playoff game off a 3-13 and year now. He plays well, and the team loses. I can't imagine them going away from Eli Manning as their quarterback next year. If he shows that he's better than he was the prior year, um, Dave Gettleman's been very clear that he's liked what he saw on tape from Eli. Um, they do not believe that 36, 37 years old is old for a quarterback anymore, given what we've seen from guys like Tom Brady and Drew Brees and stuff like that. So, to me... I'd be very surprised if they, Eli Manning gets the Giants to the playoffs and plays well. Now, there's a chance. Maybe Eli doesn't play well, but the defense carries into the playoffs. There's a lot of ifs and whatever when you get into this equation. I'd be very surprised. As for what Davis Webb has to do to keep the job, that is so far in the future, I can't even think about that. Yeah, yes. that's like another planet. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I, think of, I think of it differently, uh, Go ahead. John. I think, I think if Webb comes out and really shows, really shows very well in this preseason, I think then, you know, Eli has to play well throughout the season and then he has to make a decision for himself. Do I want to continue to play another year or another two years? I think that's more on the, on the line. If Webb comes out okay. and he struggles the whole time, you know, Eli is a giant. He's going to put pressure on himself to like, okay, I need to hang in here another year to see what we can do. I don't want to, like, leave them in a lurch. Like, Eli would put his body on the line kind of to do, you know, as you saw last year. Hey, Eli – well, we want you to come in and start the game, but right. we don't want you to finish the game. Eli goes, if you're not playing to win, then I don't have to play. I'll help these guys get ready to play. Right. Look, he, he's he's a giant through and through. No, I'm with you, Howard. But I, he, he'll do the right thing in that sure. scenario. But it, it's more about if Webb really looks like he's made a lot of progress. So it, if he completely sells the front office that he's the next guy and they believe yeah. it in their heart of hearts. They have to see it. Then, you you right. have to see it. You, you As, can't just yeah. sell it. You have to go out there and have command of the game. He's going to go out in the preseason game and get his first run at it. So once he gets, once he gets the, uh, once he gets the run at the game in, in Cleveland, uh, how did he do? Did he command the huddle? Did he get his guys lined up? He'll have a lot of the first team guys out there with him. How is he going to sure. fare in that? So then after that session, then he'll get the second game. Second game, he'll get more second teamers with him, or, or guys who are also trying to make a spot. How does he command those guys? You know, he'll be the guy who will have the most impact, not so much in the third game, but in the fourth game. So you think it's more important than how Webb plays rather than how Manning plays? Is what yeah, Webb, Webb needs to show that he's ready to ascend more so than Manning. Like, we all think as long as Eli doesn't take an incredibly bad hit, the Eli's going to have a better year this year. Yeah, you would hope with, we, the, with the talent around them, we sure. Got, we got a better offensive line sure. together. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we may have five out of five or four out of five, however you want to call it, but we have a better offensive line together. Sure. All of a sudden, uh, Coach Coach Hume's, uh offense is more of a, hey, let's get two tight ends involved in the game. 
which leads to more blocking on the edges and opportunities uh, for passes out of the backfield, more screens, m- more mid mid uh, mid range passes, and chance to be able to get it down the field, yeah. which he hasn't been able. Yeah, to do. well, the the running back and the tight ends themselves are going to be the reason why he's going to be able to get the ball down the field. Yeah, absolutely. So now you can't squeeze up with eight guys. You can't drop back and leave everybody out. He'll have options, and by having options, we expect him. You know, he, he's a great student of the game. He'll learn, and he's got smart guys around him. Like Odell wants to play. You can see it every day, even he's running scout team sometimes. Uh, Saquon wants to play. Uh, Shepard has a lot to prove. He wants to play. you got you got both tight ends, Elson and Ingram. They want to play. you got so many guys out there that want to get something done offensively. It's going to be a big year for them, and they're all going to be trying as hard as possible. And you got a new coach. When you have a new coach, you know what that means? It's like having a new girlfriend. You do everything right to impress. And that's what it's going to be like. And, and people laugh, but that's what it's like. That's why you see everybody showing up. You, you, Everybody wants to be there to make sure everything's, hey, i got to make sure I secure my job going forward. And as long as you have success, that happens. What else you got, Duke? Okay, uh, two really quick, simple questions, and I'll take my phone call of the year. Yep. Um uh, I would like for you to answer this as well, John, but uh, for, for Mr. Pros, um I just wanted to know, like, your two current favorite the Giants players. And I know Giants for life, so we love all these guys. But just two that you, you sort of have a soft spot for. For me personally, it's uh, Landon Collins and it's Evan Ingram. So if you can, just give me one side, uh, one guy on uh, offense and one guy on defense. All right. Thank and you, dude. Then, yep. And, What's number two? And then, uh, Mr. Cross, uh, what, your thoughts on Shermer? Like, you like the guy? You know, what do you think about his calls and whatnot? And thanks, guys. Thank I appreciate you. the call, dude. Thanks. Uh, why don't you go Shermer first and then we'll name our players. I do like Coach Sherman. I think Coach Sherman is kind of a – I know they call him a no-nonsense guy and all these other things that they're trying to, you know, you know, hang on him. But I, what I like about him is a little old school in his approach to offense with the two tight end packages, trying to give the advantage to the offense. I'm like, okay, we can leverage you with the line and run the ball. We can leverage you on the edge if we pull two guys, flood, flood the formation with the two tight ends. And, by the way, those guys can catch the ball. Be careful – of your tight end position. So now it's not just focus on, you know, you can't double Odell. You yeah. can't double Shepard. You can't even double Ingram. And then you have this running back that's dynamic that's going to be coming out of the backfield. You have three running backs, believe it or not, that can catch the ball and do great things out of the backfield. So that's going to be a little different for guys to look at. They're not going to just, hmm. So I like that approach. I like the defense he brought in. I thought the I lo- the defense coordinator. I love Betcher. He's great. He brought in a change. The defense got you know, and Spags did a good job of what he had, and you know, they just played a bad conference one year, and then all of a sudden a bad schedule one year. Next year, you play a first place schedule. You saw better quarterbacks that year. This guy doesn't care what quarterback he sees. He's got them looking at it from a different thing. And again, you're on your first date. You've got to show everything right. They're going to give the best look they can. And, Howard, here's what I like about Shermer. I get the sense, and look, we haven't seen it yet in the game because we haven't played any games yet, mm-hmm. but I get the sense that he's going to be willing to win in different ways if he has to. And I think the last couple of years, maybe a little bit, they knew how to play offense one way, and they tried to win that one way no matter what. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Shermer, like you said, he'll if you're not stopping the run, he'll run the ball 35 times. He doesn't care. Mm-hmm. If you're stacking the line, fine. He's going to play action and go down the field. I feel he's very flexible in how he's willing to, to use his pieces on offense and call his place. Well, watching Minnesota last year, I, I got the feel that he had a lot. Of, you know, Minnesota had the advantage. 
uh, wasn't sold on their quarterback the whole time, but all of a sudden this guy's making plays all over the well, field. And they lost Dalvin Cook after yeah. the year too. They lost Dalvin Cook after the year, and they still found a way to win. Yeah, get the ball down the field. The backs look great running the ball. The backs look great coming out of the backfield. Their screen game looked great. There were so many things that offense could do that you know you didn't have an Odell Beckham on that team. You didn't have a Sa- Saquon on that team for the entire year. It was just. You know, they, they did well the entire season, and I like that. And if he brings that here and he does that with the Giants, you got different talents to, to get that done. All right. Who are your two quote-unquote pet cats on this team, <laughs> one on offense, one on defense? Who, who do you have a soft spot for? Who do you like? It, it's easy. On offense, you know, it, it, I would say that it would be uh, Eli. And I just think that, uh, you know, I love Ingram. I love I – love, uh, Saquon, I love Beckham. I love all these guys. I mean, I, I know them all. They're all great guys. Love them to death. Uh, but Eli, I like. I think my soft spots for Eli because I've watched him battle when he didn't have protection. Yeah, I've watched him battle and get up and never throw a guy under the bus and fight when no one else believes. I've heard people like, oh, you know, Eli should be. He's not there. I listen to the pundits talk about how bad he is. I listen to everybody. Kid shows up every week takes his butt kicking every week even when he should have had he had some years he could have been you know in the in the playoffs every year with enough protection just never had it and he never complained and you never heard anything in the paper you never heard anybody say anything he just went to work soft spot for Eli on the defense I think as looking at him I love Landon roll tide Alabama Thomason roll tide Alabama but snacks and the reason why I like Snacks probably is that here's a guy that, that knows his job, number one run stopper. That he's probably pro football, whatever that thing rating is. Yeah, pro football focus, yep. He's one of the top guys every year. He is. Doesn't get any recognition for it. But he no keeps, Pro Bowls. But he just continues to do it. Like I, I, I get everything with the guy at the Rams. I get everything with, with the guys in Tampa. I get everything with all these so – Quote, unquote, these are the best. Aaron Donald, McCoy, Fletcher Cox. These guys are the greatest guys ever. Week in, week out, you cannot run at Snacks. Snacks beats double teams. Snacks beats the one-on-one block. Snacks stop guys in the field. You know, he he had a chance at three or four sacks last year. The guy just barely got away from him. So he's doing his job and then some. And he's a team leader without saying he's a team leader, not trying to be a team leader. When people go talk to him, he gives a, you know, quiet, humble answer, but those guys come to him. They depend on him. So those two guys are my guys. Offensively, I'm going to go with Sterling Shepard. I, I just think he's such a, a, a good kid and he cares, and, and he kind of low-key cares. You know what I mean? He's not a guy that's going to be out there and flash and do all these crazy things and make yep. him and be the center of attention, but he goes out there, he tries to block, things like that, and do his job. Um, and I just I, I think he might, as great as Odell is as an athlete, Precise route running, Stone Shepard's fantastic. Okay. It's very hard to stay with him. I think he's going to have a big year. Uh, I think the ankle kind of hurt him last year a little bit, and then the offense just kind of fell apart, yep. and he didn't have a chance to break out in year two. I love him for a breakout in year three. Uh, defense, I have a Ferent sign up. Okay. I, I don't have one yet. I think there are a lot of new guys in this defense. I want to see how they play. You know, okay. just, Justin Tuck used to be my guy. I love Tuck. Mm-hmm. AP before that, loved AP. Okay. Um, I, don't ha- I love Landon. I don't have a guy yet. Okay. Is that fair? That's fair. That's you answering the question or you want. Not there yet. Not there. Okay. Dude, call me back in call me back at the bye. <laughs> and and maybe I'll have my guy for you. Let's go to line one. Jeff from Rhode Island. He's up next. What's up, Jeff? 
Hey, good afternoon, John. Good afternoon, big number 87. Hi, John. Hey, how we doing? Okay, I'm doing fine, thank you. I, uh, John, I just had a question about uh, one of our new acquisitions. Sure. Uh, Josh Josh Morrow. I was mm-hmm. wondering uh, if you, you know, watch him out there, wondering how he's moving around, so on and so forth. He's been really good against the run, uh, to be quite honest, from what I've seen in practice. Uh, he, he's in the backfield a lot. He's a big kid. He's your classic old school, in my opinion, at least five technique uh, defensive end in a 3-4 defense. Mm-hmm. He's not going to flash and rush the passer a whole lot. He's not bending the edge on you, but he's going to be where you need to be. I know he's not going to be there for the first four games of the year because of the suspension, right. Howard, but I think he's going to fit that role extremely well on first and second down. Kind of like a Curry win kind of guy last Absolutely. year. Kind of a guy mm-hmm. that you can depend on to be there for you. A game in and game out knows his role, uh, not not afraid to take his role, and, and doesn't try to, you know, scream that I'm not getting enough opportunities at something else. When he just know, be good at what you can do, be great at what you can knows do. Knows his role, and they know your role. Oh, that's good. I uh, anxious to watch the game tomorrow night. Uh, <laughs> seeing as our season ended uh, before the middle of October last year, I'm anxious <laughs> to see what's going on. So. Yeah, us too. Thank- Thank you for your contributions as uh, and being a great giant, Howard. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Thank yeah, you, Jeff. You guys have a good day, right? Appreciate the call. Jason's up next. <laughs> what's up, Jason? Hey, what's up, guys? What's up, buddy? Hey, not much. I just have a question for you. I don't want to be on here long, but uh, so, so I'll, I'll just ask it and then uh, get off the air. Uh, I'm, I'm hearing about the two tight end set where there's two tight ends on the field. Uh-huh. And I'm just wondering if you guys can, can talk to us a little bit about what are the advantages of having two tight ends on the field, <laughs> but also what is the disadvantage of having two tight ends on the field? And I'll, I'll get off with that. Thank you, Jason. Thanks. Appreciate the call. Howard, this is all you. Go ahead. Uh, you have the floor. First off, advantages. Uh, when, when teams run onto the field, uh, the, the defense or the, or the opposite side of the field, whoever it is, they're trying to determine the personnel. Uh, 11 personnel, one tight end, three wide outs, 12 personnel, two tight ends, one back, 21 personnel, two backs, uh, you know, uh, one tight end. So they're constantly trying to determine the personnel. Uh, the personnel kind of dictates in some cases what they're going to do during during the play series, whether it's run the ball if it's two tight ends, sometimes three tight ends that run the ball. What if you have two tight ends that can play from, from the stationary or inline position, which is right by the tackle, one guy could play from the backfield, uh, which would would mimic the 21 personnel. Or one guy splits out and one guy stays in, which ma- uh, mimics the 11 personnel. Or both guys split out, which m- mimics the you know the uh, the four four wides. You can have two tight ends that can do all of that. Disadvantage? There really isn't a disadvantage unless that guy isn't a good inline or coming out of the backfield blocker if it's a short yardage play. So if it's third and one or third and an inch, and you need to get that inch, and that guy's got to lead through on somebody, you need that guy to be able to do it. That could be a disadvantage, but that's, there's not that many fullbacks left in the league anyway. No. So there's there's where you there's where the, kind of the rub is. Um, two good players, two really good players can mask a lot of your offense, and you can do more from it, and it threatens the defense. Because the defense can't tell personnel – Drives plays tendencies. If it's two guys that are coming into the game, whether it's a two regular guys or two different guys, but they can still do anything out of any formation, it's just an advantage. And I think what's interesting with the Giants, they have Red Ellison, who I would consider more of an old school, you know, traditional tight end, mm-hmm. and then they have Evan Ingram, who's 
almost kind of like a receiver on a tight end's body, mm-hmm. right? He can block a little bit, yep. but so they even though they're rolling out twelve personnel, think of it this way: Red Ellison played in the backfield for Minnesota a lot. Yep. So you can almost mimic twenty-one personnel by using Ellison on a fullback. Yep. If you want to split Evan Ingram out wide. All of a sudden, even though you have two tight ends in the game, yep. it looks like 11 personnel, right? Because you've yep. got three guys out wide, one tight end on the line, and one running back in the backfield. And Ingram played the outside guy a lot last year because and, everybody yeah. was hurt. And we've seen Odell Beckham a lot in the slot yep. this year, so that's yep. something we could see again. Yep. And then, by the way, not to mention Saquon Barkley's versatility, you can motion him out of the backfield and go empty set and yep. almost look like four wide with one tight end on the line there if you want to. So there's a lot of different things you can do. Yeah, and, and fans don't realize that, that that slot position, you're not usually running way down the field. You're usually running five-yard outs, yeah. eight-yard outs. You're making quick slants, hits, slants, things like and that. things like that. So Ellison can actually also do that from the slant position, and you bring in Adams, and you don't really lose anything when you bring in Adams and Ellison. You can mix and match. You can do a lot with them, and it's, it's a little scary for – Defenses, if they're looking at it, especially if they have success early. Yeah, and you can pass out of a run formation. Yeah. You can run out of a pass formation, which is really the trick, Howard, because the whole point here is you want to get the defensive personnel on the field to create some kind of mismatch for your offense, right? And when you have guys that can do multiple things and play in different spots, I feel like the chance of doing that has probably increased a little bit. I think mismatch is one thing. I think guessing who's on the field and what they're going to run is more of, of, of the thing. Mismatches happen when you're out in passing situations, and again, the guys past the line of scrimmage. Oh, yeah, yeah, you emotion Barkley out and he's one-on-one on on a linebacker, whatever. What you you want is for when they look up and they're trying to determine what play's coming at them, because they see the personnel on the field, they're squeezing down, trying to get ready for a run, and all of a sudden the tight end split out. So now you got two guys who are run stoppers trying to stand outside, and you've taken them a little further away from the line of scrimmage, and now if you're running the ball – they got to run back in to try to get in on the play. And if you have a linebacker one-on-one with Evan Ingram, you're finished. Yeah. If you have a linebacker one-on-one with Saquon Barkley, you're finished. Yeah, so you And it's hard. It's matchups and it's it's mostly like they if if you put guys in the game like okay, we're going to put in the the, the the sub package to try to prevent them from throwing the ball. All right, 12 personnel, now they're lining up tight and they're running right at you. So you got to be able to the, the, you know, football has changed so much to be more of a specialty thing. Sure. Where, you know, back in the day, Lawrence, Pepper, uh, Banksy, and, and whoever the other guy would be from time to time never left the field. Like, they played first, second, third, third and long. They basically played in the game. And now we have a first down guy. You have a first <laughs> and – you got a second, a second and five first down guy. You got a yeah. second and long guy that comes in. You got a third down guy. Hell, you're in sub package 70% of the time yeah, now. Yeah, so you got, you got people that their job is – it's kind of like the relief pitcher. But like years yeah, ago, there was right. no relief pitchers. And now all of a sudden, you got a, a guy to get you from the seventh to the eighth inning if you're lucky. You got a guy who just throws to left-handers when it comes in. You got all these different guys. And it, it's part of the game. The game has changed that much. So when you're running the same two guys out on the field to play multiple positions, all those specialty guys are over there waiting to get in the game, but they don't know when they need to be in and how they're going to use them. Well, for more on the tight end, let's go to Scott in New Mexico. He's up next. Hey, Scott. Good morning, guys. How are you? What's up, buddy? Very good. Uh, uh, this question is sort of directed at Howard. Uh, there's a lot of great tight ends in the NFL. Uh, Rob Gronkowski, Antonio Gates, Tyler Eifert, Travis Kelsey. And all of them seem to be able to catch and block efficiently. Mm. And 
with Evan Ingram, uh, he's known basically for being a great receiver and is starting to learn how to be a great blocker. But I was wondering, from your perspective, can you actually teach someone, or is it a natural given ability to block, or are there techniques you can learn to make you uh, that classification of blocker where you can actually be a, a weapon as a blocker as well as a receiver? I think Gronk's a better blocker because Gronk usually gets matched up with safeties as he's running, uh, or he's usually considered a pass receiver, and people don't really think of him that big in the running game. Travis Kelsey's not much of a blocker. Uh, though, Kelsey one. is uh, – he doesn't block anybody. <laughs> uh, I like Kelsey. He's a nice guy. Yeah, and he's, a, he's a hell of a player, but he's and, not a blocker. You know, the, 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 the big guys that actually do block, you don't get to hear their names that much. And Anthony Fasano, right. yeah, guys you, you, like you that. Don't, yeah. You don't really, really talk about them. I think uh, on par with the guys who are blocking now, Ingram's on par with these guys. I think okay. a willing and able body that will get in there and mix it up. You see him. He's not really blowing guys off the ball, but he's not. his guy's not penetrating into the backfield. He didn't lose a lot of blocks last year. He's, he's basically walling and sealing yeah, the guy you, off, you, and that's you, just, you, you know, like the Jay Novacek back in the day would yep. just come across, the, come across the offensive line and basically get in front of a guy that was rushing, and you just have to run over him to get to make the tackle. Just but get in you, the way. Yeah, you can, it takes a long time to run over him. He's in your shoelaces, <laughs> and you're all tied up with him, and then, he get, then you get off. And Ingram does better than that. I think Ingram actually makes a little pop on the line, he, he's able to hand in it because remember most guys are trying to get a jam on him, right. or fire off of him to make sure he just doesn't run freely down the field. So when right. it gets a little bump on you, uh, all of a sudden if it's a quick hitting play, you know that's that's what you're looking for. I don't think or I don't know if he's going to be one on one with one of the bigger defensive ends and be able to block him and hold point of attack for a whole play. That's a lot to ask for his size, but. I think if you ask him to do it, he would try to do it. Yeah. No, he's willing. <laughs> yeah, he's I willing. Don't think, I don't think he's going to back down from it. Right. And I think that every time that he tries, he's going to get a little better at it. He's not going to be like, man, that dude's too big. They need to run that ball the other right. way. <laughs> he's really going to get after it. Well, in your opinion, who is the best blocking receiving tight end in the league? I have no oh, idea. Oh, boy. I mean, um, they really – when I tell you, even – even Witten, who was here the other day, who's retired, who they right. always said was a great blocking tight end. Witten to tell you he's not a great blocking he, tight end. He was end. a much better blocker when he was younger. Yeah. His last four or five years in the league, he, 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 he struggled. Yeah, he struggled he's just a little getting bit. in the way. I mean, you, you just don't find guys. Like, like I said, the guys you, that we know of. How about Ertz? Do you think, think Ertz blocks well? I think the guy that we have here. Ellison, he's, no, he's probably the better blocking and receiving tight end if you want to try to label a guy as a dual, quote-unquote, dual threat. Like Hunter Henry really doesn't block yeah. a whole lot. I mean, he's a put, receiver. Put, put Gronk in the game against a, a short yards and goal line and try to run the ball outside of Gronk. He's going to have a hard time, even though Gronk's right. a big, strong guy. It's just not – they're just not doing it. And here's the other thing about it, and this is never going to change – or it might change a little bit, it's never going to change, they're not practicing it. And what I mean by right. that is that they're not able to have – there's not a lot of full contact practices where you get to practice, hey, tight end, linebackers, over here, let's get a little one-on-one. Hey, tight ends, defensive ends, over here, let's get a little you know, outside, inside run. Let's see you guys, how you're going to do that. Like, there's just not a lot of that anymore because, again, you know, we just had a brief concussions discussion uh, off the record and our own right. record, whatever you want to call it. But 
they just they are eliminating all that from practice. So you eliminate it, it's kind of hard to talk about it and, you know, imagine it and try to put it in. Thanks for the call, bud. Appreciate it. We <laughs> okay, got to run, Scott. Yeah, and so put that in perspective. Someone breaking out into some piano behind I him know, right there. <laughs> but if you can't do that in perspective at that right. moment, it's hard to do. Just, just, just and again, these, these numbers are, are what they are. They're not the Bible by any means. But if you go and you take a look at the highest-rated blocking tight ends mm-hmm. by Pro Football Focus last year, Howard, you're right. You're talking Vance McDonald, not, yeah. a, not a household name. Yeah. Um, David Morgan from Minnesota, not yeah. a household name. Um, Jeff Swain from Dallas, not a household name. Who is Jeff Swain? Exactly. <laughs> uh, Mercedes Lewis, who was obviously with Jacksonville for a long yep, time. Yep, yep. He's a very good blocker. Yep. Um, Dwayne Allen from New England is a guy that's on that M- list. Mercedes so, Lewis would be the guy. Austin Hooper, a guy in Atlanta who I, who's uh, another one from uh, uh, Levine and Toilolo, another guy. The, again, these M- are not – Mercedes Lewis is the guy. If you, if you want to be the dual threat guy, out of out, Mercedes Lewis will be the closest one out of Jacksonville. So, like Harry and I were saying, these guys, you know, these kind of big receiving guys going to catch all these passes, yeah, the, teams aren't asking these guys to block Yeah, they're, they're basically uh, powerful. Not even powerful. I think they're the, they're the three position. They're the swing guy, and they're, and they're running routes. And, you know, Ingram, um, Graham, um, even – Jimmy I mean, Graham's on that Jimmy list. Jimmy Graham's sure. on the, Yeah, you got guys that are – Travis Kelsey's on Kelsey, that list. Kelsey, big, long, athletic guys that can move, get down the field. That's you want them. They're, they're swishing and dishing, as, as my man from the Knicks would say. Well, Clyde Frazier. But, but – they're not, you know, pounding, going in. There's, there's not an Oakley in the group, no, so to speak. No, you know, no, so there's, there's, not. there's not a big Barkley in the group. Even though Barkley became one of those guys at the end of his career, he wanted to score. He didn't want to like go in there and bang as much at the end of his career. But so you're looking at guys that, you know, and it's not a knock on a tight end position. It's just the game changed. Yeah, the team's asking for different characteristics from the position. When you watch football now, when you watch high school football, I've seen seven-on-seven practices. They run seven-on-seven camps, and it's it's a big deal. It's on ESPN. They run. They don't run inside-run camps. Oh, they, they don't <laughs> They don't run nine-on-seven camps. They no run, no they one would show up to inside-run camp, they, Howard. They run no like no one showed up to inside-run camp. The get the ball down the field. Get it out. You know, like, <laughs> this guy's ranked in the top 300. He's a top 100 guy. He's a top 50 guy. Like, okay, like he's playing against air. Uh. But that's what they're doing. <laughs> you know, you got guys like uh, Howard's team, little Howard's team in St. Joe's out there in, in Montville, New Jersey. Their five offensive linemen are Division One players. Five guys are Division One. So you you would think, what do you, what do you think they're going to do? They're going to run the ball every down. No, they're like trying to figure out, okay, who can catch the ball and who can – I'm like that. It's just amazing to me. This question is probably impossible for you to answer, but I'll ask it to you anyway. Mm-hmm. If you, with your body type and size, were heading from high school to college today, and you had the same measurements you were going from high school to college when you, you know, back in the day. Oh, back in the day now? Or yes. Ba- I wouldn't be playing in college with it. I'd be playing basketball. See, I thought you wouldn't be an offensive tackle. You don't think? If I'm, as I sit now. No, 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 no. If if you were coming. From high school to a college program today, at the same height and weight you were when you went from high school to college back in the day, would I, you be a tight I, end or would you be a I'd tackle? Be, I'd be playing basketball. You, really? Yeah, I was six foot four, 185 pounds. You were 185 coming out of high school, really? You remember that? that I it, had no idea. Sports isn't the same now as it was back when we when I grew up. It, little, it specialized I'm, I'm, now, and I'm, back then yeah, everyone played everything. I'm, I'm a little older than you, so I was a 400 meter track guy. 
I so, didn't know so that. I, you know, I ran like a 50-something, 400 meters. Like, I could get it. Was it hard for you to put on the weight you had to put on or it no? It took forever. Like, <laughs> it, it, was, it, was, it was a joke. You like when you're, And when your metabolism slows down, yeah, the weight doesn't stop with it. It just, <laughs> it's, it just keeps coming. Dude, I'm 37. Trust me. Oh, I know. It's crazy. I know. So, like, I ran 400 <laughs> meters in track. I was an all-state basketball player. So, I played – you know, I played mostly center, but I played the swing guy mostly in, in games. Yeah. So – our games never ended until state. So you leave state and basketball, you go right over to the track and start running. Wow. So, like, your your seasons were you showed up at fall after working your butt off in summertime, either bailing hay or doing something because we're in a farm. You show up because you want – like, I go to spring pra- uh, summer practice to, to practice to get out of doing work on the farm. So, like, I'm working – on the farm, grinding, <laughs> hot, sweaty summers. Okay, we're gonna go put on pads and run. Thank you, thank you. I'm coming to I'm coming to practice. And you'd run all day. the The season would end in football. We were a horrible team. Season would end in football. I'd be one of the first guys to show up for basketball. I'm starting in basketball from a sophomore through my senior year. Were you like wearing shoes on you and all this stuff, or were you like climbing up the hill without any shoes on? All that stuff. You didn't, you, didn't have, you weren't even climbing up the hills. It was like <laughs> I was just it, it's just like uh, it, it was just we constantly played something. Yeah, no, I'm I mean, not and like you know, now you got AAU, you got all these different things. Like we ran track almost up until late May, and you know, school in, in Alabama ends in May. It doesn't end in June like it does here. You guys don't start in September. They've already started school in Alabama. Just so I have some reference for mm-hmm. what it's like today. Just little Howard. Yeah. I'm not sure if it, it is a public where he's going. No, Can he's I say he's that? In, no, is it allowed he's or in, no? He's in Catholic school. Okay, right. Yeah. What for? And, and he plays defensive line, right? Yep. What's generally like the height weight for high-level high school kids on the defensive line? You can look at the top 300, top 400, top whatever you want to call. Howard is six foot two. 265 pounds, and he's considered undersized. He's undersized at 6'2", <laughs> yeah. 240, two as, as a junior going into a senior year. Yeah, he was considered undersized. And, like, schools were looking – colleges were looking at him going, like – Does he have long arms? He has extremely long arms. Yeah, extremely long arms. And that's why colleges like, dude, he can play. And it shocked me that's even. crazy. I'm looking like <laughs> – I was like, <laughs> look at the kids at Alabama, 6'5", 6'5", 6'5", 6'4", 6'5", 6'5". Like, you look around the country, there are guys that are, like, monstrous. He's 6'2", long arms. He can play. I'm like, all right, next step out. Enjoy yourself. But, like I said, his offensive line is t- averages 280, 290. Even the ends. His offensive line. Oh, his a- offensive line. I'm sorry. Aver- they, his, uh, the end that plays opposite of him is 6'4", 245. 6'5", 245. These kids, I didn't see kids like this until I got to college. I, I just didn't see them. And they're playing against kids that big. Interesting. It, it's it's just different. They're, all they do is work out, eat, work out, study and do a lot of, you know, they do a lot of, uh, uh, we call it community service stuff because of the school. But every sport is like, hey, why don't you go play lacrosse? You played lacrosse one year. He's like, okay. That's good. That's crazy. I don't want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Too much running, right? Yeah, like, why don't you go play basketball? <laughs> Kid can't dribble, can't do anything. I'm like, okay, so he's a football player. So in the mold of, of, of athletes, that's what he does. And football's different from from yeah. the other sports. If he was a baseball player, you play baseball all year round, your elbow gets sore, your shoulder gets sore. Football is you play your 10 or 12 games, however many games you play in high school. And you just train, right? And then you train to get your body better so that you'll be faster and stronger 
and ready to go the next time they ask you to put your body out there for 10 games. All right. So it's just Interesting. Different. It is. All right, two more calls before we say goodbye. Eric in Connecticut is back after he lost him earlier in the show. Eric, what's up, pal? Doing all right, Eric. What's up? Oh, yeah. I just want to know how the production is going with Roger Lewis and Wayne Gallman. I know that they were there last year, and I just feel like uh, not that the team owed it to them, but like that they, you know, they put in the time and effort last year. They went through the 3 and 13 stretch, you know. Oh, Roger Lewis was a big part of our team, and I know that Cody Latimer has been getting all the talk about the wide receiver three position. But how do you guys think he's looking there? Um, Lewis hasn't done a ton. Uh, he's made some plays with that second group. Uh, Latimer and Sharp have kind of been rotated in with, with, with group number two, and Lewis has kind of been with Davis Webb uh, for most of the spring and summer. He's made some plays. He's gone down the field a little bit. Um, I, th- I would probably say he's been Webb's favorite receiver over the course of the offseason, but for a guy like Lewis, to me, Howard, it's going to be about the games. And, and, and Same thing for Gallman. You can't really see a ton from a running back, at least from my perspective on the sideline, if guys aren't trying to tackle him in practice. He's kind of just running around. Guys are thumping him a little bit. I need to see these guys right. in games a little bit. I think mostly yeah. for them, what their what their first and most important thing is learn this new system, right. uh, uh, study your butt off, get ready for the new system, and be prepared to be a super flash on special teams. If you are battling for a position at wide out or trying to be that next running back, well, you know they picked a guy up. Uh, uh, well, Stewart. Yeah, Jonathan Stewart. You got Stewart they picked up. You you, you got a guy you drafted first uh, for your first pick. So now I'm like, okay, I'm going to be that guy. When they call me, I'll be ready. Like Arlene's dark wife, if you yeah. call me, mm-hmm. you need me, I'll be ready. But how do I keep myself in a coach's you know, good graces. And Goldman has lined up as a kick returner. Yeah. And I see, I've seen him, him and Lewis actually both be lined up as a gunner as well. Yeah. So you want to be, you, you got to be dynamic on those special teams. Mm-hmm. And, and that can, you know, that can keep you on the team because Orleans Darko, I believe it or not, he was a great special teams player. Tremendous. He did everything they asked him to do. Runs down, made, you know, made tackles on kick return, made tackles and punt return, um, uh, blocked and punt return. You do all things you possibly can so that when, you know, they're looking at you and another guy, well, this guy's a pretty good receiver. He'll be our fourth receiver. Uh, we like to run two tight ends. I mean, the fourth receiver is a luxury. But if you're the fourth receiver and you're playing special teams, you're not a luxury anymore. You need it. Yep. Eric, you got anything else for us? Uh, no, that'll be it. Thank you guys for taking my Thanks, call. Thanks, Eric. Appreciate the call. All right, our final call of the show is Armand in Wisconsin. Armand, you're our cleanup hitter today. How are you, pal? Hi, good. How are you? I'm doing great. Very What's good. up? Quick question. Do you think Eli will have a comeback season with the most improved O-line? Armin, it's not just the O-line. I mean, it's it's the O-line. It's Odell being healthy. It's Shepard being healthy. It's a new offensive system in here. Put all that together, Howard. It's, it, Eli Manning has everything around him, barring potential injuries. You never know what happens with that, obviously, uh, to have a big bounce-back statistical year. I think yeah he has a, he has a great uh, opportunity. I think you need to you know if you didn't I know you're a Giants fan, but if you can find a way to look back at some of that Minnesota uh, and see how those guys played and how that that offense was running, uh, I think that right there will be a, a telltale of what Eli is potentially capable of, or even you know. Can, potentially capable of doing even more of. And he might not be asked to throw it 40 times in this uh, he, offense. That's I, the thing. They need I to be assume, efficient. Yeah, I assume he's not going to be throwing right. it 40 times in mm-hmm. this offense. I'm, I assume plays will be bigger plays when the ball's hit. I think that you're going to find a lot of, 
you know, Shepard one-on-one on, on somebody on the outside and the guy misses the break. Shepard's going you know, for 40. Uh, Odell loves to do that. Uh, I think Saquon's going to do that. If you think he's, quote-unquote, picking up the blitz and you come off the ball to hit him and he goes by you. Look out. <laughs> You're in a chase position. You put everybody at jeopardy behind you. Like, hey, dude, you, if your job is to get him, don't make him block you. If he's not going to block you, you can't just run in if you're not going to get there. So I think that 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 harkens back to the days of Tiki Barber and Eli. Those days were bad days for defenses. You couldn't you couldn't fill the hole fast enough to make him block you. And if you didn't get there in time, the ball was dumped already, and that's going to create problems for the defense because the tight end can get loose up the middle on the edge. It, it's a lot of people out there. And you got a Hernandez who's a monster and wants to wants to play another guard who's another just got in there from Jacksonville wants to play. You got Soldiers, the the center. Everybody wants to get it done really quickly. So uh, I'm looking forward to a good year. Eli has just the benefit of, of a lot of great changes. Thank you, Armand. Thanks guys. Appreciate the call. All right, Howard, we got two minutes here before we close. A um, couple players maybe or just a couple specific things that you're excited to see uh, for the first preseason game tomorrow. Uh, I'm really excited to see Hernandez. I just Why? I, I just am. I, I just heard, you know, seeing, seeing the reports, the fights, the the whatever. A kid that says in, his, in one of his interviews that he, you know, appreciates the game. He didn't say, like, I love the game. I did this. He goes, I appreciate the game, and I want to show people how much I appreciate it. That means he owes him somebody something, and it seems like it's football itself. So I'm excited to see him play. I'm excited to see from the offensive standpoint also. I'm really interested to see how they're going to do the right tackle position. You know, Flowers is in there, but Flowers has been embattled. I think he was the benefactor of a, of a bad ankle last year that we don't talk about too much. He twisted it early, but he's like, I'm okay. I could play. And he just played anyway. Uh, I think he wound up sitting out some time in the season, but he was banged up a little bit. I'm interested to see, hey, look, what kind of pride do you got? Where are you going to be in things? How, how are you going to handle that moment of getting a chance to play when maybe not everybody's playing the whole time? Uh, I'm interested to see the defense. I want to see what a 3-4 uh, uh, playing in gaps looks like instead of a 3-4-2 gap. I want to see it like up close, seeing it in Arizona – you kind of see it because you're not really watching Arizona. Of course, yeah. But I want to see it with our guys, with our personnel, how they're doing and and how it's going to pan out. And I want, I'm curious to see. We have our strong safety. We know we do. I'm curious to see who's going to step up and be that free safety. And that's a very important position in this yeah. defense too. That is Absolutely. the la- that is the center fielder. He's the last line of defense. He is basically almost quarterback and and orchestrating where all these guys line up. And he's a communicator out there to keep these guys in the right position. So. I'm very interested to see who and how they're going to fill that position and who can actually step up and be that guy. Yeah, I want to see who plays that slot corner back spot too. I think yeah. that's important. Um, I want to see Davis Webb play. I want to see yeah. if he can take all those tools, the arm strength and the mobility, and take it on to the practice field and actually execute with mm-hmm. guys trying to murder him yeah. <laughs> pretty much because everything goes a lot faster. you got to process and make good decisions. That's It's a lot different in games than it is yeah. on the practice Webb, field. Webb's got a lot to build on you know, for a year. And a guy that did, we don't talk that much about, I'm really curious to see through this entire training camp going into the season – what is who is Eli Apple? Yeah, that's a good one. Not not what is Eli Apple? Who is Eli? And Apple? And I think we're gonna know when he gets beat, mm-hmm. how he bounces back from well, that. Well, hopefully he doesn't get beat that often. But I want to see who he is. It happens to all corners. Yeah, so he's, he's gonna get beat eventually, and he's gonna, gonna have to be bounce on the back. It from happens. Him. It happens. Absolutely, and of course, 
we got to see Saquon Barkley in the game for the first time. That's going to yeah, be fun. I think that's going to be fun. But it's I'm, be fun. I'm not. I kind of know who he is. I'm, I'm interested in some of these other guys. You said who am I interested in seeing? That's fair. Like, I, I'm interested to see. But I think you're excited to see Saquon. Though, right? uh, I am, but I'm, like I said again, I'm going to be watching. Like, oh, Saquon might be going down the field. If Hernandez is burying this guy, I'm like, okay, be careful, dude. That guy gets you. You know, I want to see the right tackle play. I want to see whoever it is. You know, I'm, I'm going to watch the first team right tackle play. But then I want to watch all the other guys after him mm-hmm. to see – you know, the the line needs some depth. Center battle, too, yeah. between Jalapio and Jones will be I fun. I definitely want to see that, too. And then you watch that defense and see what happens. So you you got to see, like I said, free safety and Apple. That's how it kind of plays out to me. I know who I'm watching the whole game. Real quick, yes or no answer. Does Odo Beckham Jr. play? I think that – You already cheated. I said yes or no. So yeah, I, you know, can't I just, stop him. I just, think, <laughs> I just think that politely that he plays a couple plays okay. or something – I see this guy playing scout team. I don't know how a coach is going to keep him out. I mean, you know. That's what I'm saying. He's back there. I think he wants to play. He wants to be returner. He wants to do all the stuff. And I know that, you know, all the fantasy guys are like holding their breath. Like, don't do that. Don't do that right now. (laughs) But he wants to play. So how do you keep him out of the game? But We'll see. Back in the day, we played all the games. We we tried to or, you know, because if you didn't play and the guy that plays behind you got in, he looked good. They'd be, oh, they'd be, oh, we can get you operating in the offense now. And I was like, no, 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 we, I'll play. I'm good. I don't want anybody in the field. Howard, the, field. the 1950s <laughs> were a very different time. Okay. Uh, okay, you can call it that, but, it's, but I'm telling you, okay. more guys are going to be like, I bet you some of the, comp- I bet you some of the positions that are competing. Um, I bet the center. I agree. When it's like, hey, how in? come on now, you're good. He's going to be like, what? <laughs> yeah, I, I, got, I got to work on this. I got something else to do. Give me a minute, coach. Like that. I bet those guys won't want to come out. Good stuff, Howard. <laughs> Have a good one. If you want to watch Howard Cross, WNBC tomorrow night. Game starts at 7.05. If you want to hear me, you can go to the radio at WCBS News Radio 880. We'll have the pre-post at in-game as well. Thanks for joining us for Big Blue Kickoff Live. We'll see you tomorrow on Giants.com. Everybody have a good day.